Good morning. Welcome to It's a Religion, a podcast that seeks to encourage you and edify you and build you up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the middle west of the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided, with liberty and justice for some. And uh, we have a show for you today. Continuing through the Bible, because we start with God's Word as truth here at It's a Religion. Because in reality, pretty much everything is a religion. That's why this show is called It's a Religion. Secular humanism is a religion. Evolution is a religion. Uh, Shintoism is a religion. Um, Mohammedism is a religion. I often wondered what Muslims do with Christmas. You know, they just blow it off and wait for Ramadan, or, you know, the Jews celebrate Hanukkah. And so, um, yeah, even Judaism is a religion, right? It is. So, what cracks me up is, is people that try and say science somehow is not religious in nature as it's very religious anymore because it's based on belief and not actual facts and things you can observe and uh, trying to take things you can observe and turn them into what you believe or fit them into what you already believe but Christ and that is uh, a big statement it's a wonderful statement it's a statement that means a lot more than I think any of us truly, truly realize. And even after yesterday's uh, session of thanksgiving, which is truly being thankful to Him for what He's done for all of us, or we should be being thankful to Him. Um, you know, the world is going to try and the world and the enemy that we have, um, Satan, is going to try and do things to thwart that. And we can't let that draw us away. We can't let that try to circumvent the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he won't. He won't allow that to occur if we stay strong in him, if we stay in his word. You know, I read a passage in the New Testament today, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, which means we have to be in it. We have to know what it says in order to uh, to be able to follow it, to be able to absorb it and to walk with him. So, it's Christmas time. This is traditionally when we would go get our tree today, but our daughter is coming back. She lives out of state. And so we're going to um, go get that tomorrow after I pick her up at the airport and bring her home. So we will see how that goes. So where were we in the Bible? Does anybody remember? Let's see, it's a good thing for apps on your phone 
because I know exactly where we're at. Genesis 29 this morning. Jacob marries Leah and Rachel. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep laying beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks had gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place over the mouth of the well. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? And they said, We are from Haran, or Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, We know him. And they, he said to them, Is it well with him? They said, It is well. And see, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go, pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together, and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And as soon as Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob came near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. And as soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone of my flesh, and he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel. So I can't even imagine that in today's world. That a man would serve at the behest of another man for seven years. Seven years for the right to marry uh, somebody's daughter. And they seen him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Makes me wonder how old they were at this point. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is com completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place, made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant. And in the morning, sorry, and in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Then why have you deceived me? Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. So Laban gave his female servant Billah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. 
So Jacob went into Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban for another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again, and she bore a son, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me his son also. And he called his name Simeon. Again she conceived and bore a son, and said, Now my time with my husband will be attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son, and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she ceased bearing. Now Judah, as we know, is the line that Jesus Christ comes through. So it's a very important moment in the history of the world when Leah has the fourth son. And normally it's the first son that does everything, right? Well, in this case, Jacob was the second born, and God used him instead of Esau. And here we see the fourth born son is the one that is eventually going to um, provide us with the Lion of Judah, Jesus the Christ, and uh, would give uh, humanity the opportunity to be saved and to be whole with God again. So, you know, God's ways are not our ways. I mean, here we have Jacob being married to two different women. He loves one, doesn't love the other one, and yet the one that he doesn't love gives him the son that is his firstborn, for one, in terms of inheritance, but two is the one whom God is going to bring the Savior of the world through. And yet in, in humanly wisdom or humanly desire, he wanted to have that, I'm sure, provided through Rachel. But that was not God's plan. You know, and we also have a situation here where he's married to two different women, which we know is not God's standard. Um, they're supposed to be one and it's kind of hard to have one when you have three two can become one but not three so but again God can use the sinfulness of man even to, to complete his will to complete what he wants to have happen and he wanted Jesus Christ to come into the world. There was a plan of that before the foundation of the world. And, you know, we don't know all that God understands and God knows. He certainly doesn't have to tell us. But just look, people, look at the design of things around you. Look at the intricate weaving of all the things that we have in this planet and how the planet it's just the right uh, position from the sun. and So many things have to be just right in order for humans to exist. And all these other animals uh, and vegetation and all the minerals and other things that are part of this earth. 
The size of it is just perfect. I saw a thing yesterday, you know, people complain about, um, you know, the earth is getting overpopulated and all this stuff. And I just laugh. I'm like, you could fit everybody in the world in their own townhouse inside of Texas. One state in our country. Everyone in the world could fit there. But people live in these big cities and they get this concept that, that it's like that everywhere. And it's just not. I mean, you can drive through Illinois for hours and hours and hours in some places and not come through a city of more than a couple hundred folks. You can drive through Wisconsin or Minnesota or Iowa. And I'm wondering when these states are going to figure out most of them can be their own countries. And we should go back to a confederacy of states instead of a, having a federal government. It's gotten way out of whack. It's gotten way too big for its bridges. It spends way too much money, and it's more about making certain people rich over others than, than anything else. But at some point, the people of this country need to wake up and take the money away from them and say, you know what? No, we're done with the income tax. We're done with you getting directly in our pockets to steal from us. To fund things that don't make any sense whatsoever. But the problem is they've gotten to a point where too many people are there with their handout. Too many people are there with, at the trough. Too many people make money off of a complex tax code that makes no sense. And all these people that get trained in lawyering really don't do much to make it better. But see, that's where we as humans, we who put our trust in Jesus, have to turn to him and go, Lord, we don't understand. We don't understand how you can use the evil that we see all around us to have good come out of it. But yet, when light shines, the darker it is, the more that light affects things. And so we don't know the day in which Christ is going to return. We don't know why God allows things to occur the way that they do. But we who trust in him need to trust in him. And in that, we can have great joy and thankfulness. So... Hopefully you had a great day yesterday and uh, we'll have a nice rest of the Thanksgiving Day weekend. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for your grace and truth and mercy. Thank you for your word, Lord, that, that can guide us and teach us and instruct us. Thank you that, uh, I just thank you for the whole Christmas season that it's still celebrated in this country and even people who don't know and understand what it's really truly all about can at least get a gleaning, a, a glimpse of your kingdom, of your kingship and kinghood. And maybe, just maybe, get an understanding of what Christmas truly means to humanity. We thank you, Lord, and praise you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for stopping by, and we will see you again tomorrow, hopefully.
Together with you. 